podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. How's it going, people? Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to the Forever Arsenal podcast with Jordan Lee Judges. I'm turning off. I've got a blank screen on there for Christ, like that. I can't take no more of it. You know what? At least, at least this one he got right and we won it. That, that's that's a bit better. Yeah, that was that, we, we actually could take that a little bit, like you know what I mean? Yeah, you can. Smile, I'm not gonna yeah. lie, it did take off my uh, celebrations when when you told me you'd gone above me. It, it sort of, uh, it, it, you know, I hate I hate VAR, like you know, because if you want VAR, oh, you I love it. I love it. it. Absolutely, yeah. always love VAR. Always wanted it brought in. It was a big advocate for VAR. It makes the game better, Lee. It makes the game better. We need it. VAR, right. Exactly. You should put that behind you. Because if it wasn't for VAR, you'd have another four points off. You know what I mean? Because the Brentford one, you wouldn't have got. And nor this one. Like, you know I mean? If my auntie was an uncle and all that rubbish. Ah, uh... <laughs> my auntie was an uncle. <laughs> is, that yeah. how, is that how it goes, yeah? <laughs> Jordan VA. VAR, that's what I'm calling him now. Like, like, unbelievable. And he loves it now. He's got four points and he loves it. You know what I mean? I mean like, Lee, the game needs it. Tennis has it. You know, rugby has it. Other sports have technology. The, f- the game needs it. Stop fighting it. Stop fighting it, man. Oh. The game's better for it. <clears throat> for VAR all of a sudden. But yeah, we'll move. We'll move. We'll get the prediction table up towards the end of the show when we're making our predictions, whatever. We, 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 we can't do it now quickly, Turkish? Is it a quick peek? No, no. I actually, because of this, like, I thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd give the old shirt a day. Like, <laughs> now, James, look at that. Look. There's the £40 pounds you paid. Look, there it is there. Like, yeah. <laughs> Glad it fits. <laughs> and James, you know what? You know, the other day when we was in the studio, yeah, after we mm. done the, well, during the fundraiser, after we done Forever Arsenal, I, I was just standing there around the fan zone area and I hear these two talking to each other and and what one of them goes, you're my favourite, mate. And the other one goes, you're my favourite too. And they hugged <laughs> each other. And I just looking at them like, what the fuck? What's going on around here? <laughs> Oh, my word. <laughs> yeah. Turkey's got to be offended by that, didn't he? Like, like, you know, we, we made a swift exit after that, Jordan, didn't we? Like, you know I mean? <laughs> Leeds rooting for Jordan, apparently, to win the prediction league. That's what I heard. Wait, That's did that heard. actually happen? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's alleged. It's alleged. I don't, you know, wow. don't believe everything you read in the papers. That's all I'm saying. Like, well, I'm glad someone's appreciating Jordan's contribution to the podcast. Somebody, somebody does. Somebody does. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone's got to win it. But listen, people, hope you guys enjoyed the 12-hour fundraiser AFTV did for the Turkey and Syria. <clears throat> that was where the last Forever Arsenal podcast was. So there won't be any comments of the week this week. And we'll be back again after the Everton game and before the game this weekend. Back with the comments of the day as well. So make sure you all leave your comments below. Make sure you all hit the like button. Let's get it up to a thousand likes nice and early. And make sure you enjoy the pods first and foremost. But let's get into it. It is all smiles. It is another win. And it's a very good win at that. It's a clean sheet. And I think a few of us did mention clean sheet last time out. Um, it, it had been a little while. And it was a dominant, assured performance. Um, overall, a 1-0 win away to Leicester. Two back-to-back away wins. 
puts us in good stead going into our game in hand. Our game in hand being Everton at the Emirates this Wednesday. We can go five points clear again. But before we talk about that fixture, we're going to talk about the game on the weekend. Um, I was at the game. Lee was at the game. I haven't really had a chance to catch up with Jordan and James about the game yet. But James, let's start with you and, and get your thoughts and feelings around the game and, and the 1-0 win. Um, how was it for you? Um, I was going too far to say that I thought that might have been our best, if not our most complete performance since the North London derby. I mean, I know we beat Man United and that was, you know, it really a great second half. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I think with, with the level of opposition, probably the Man United performance might edge it. But I think if you're looking for a, a performance where you found fluidity in the front three, a little bit of chance creation. I know we didn't create an abundance of chances, but we created a, a fair few. I think um, we certainly had a goal chalked off that to the you know to this very moment. I don't. I think completely scrams uh, scrams screams a lack of consistency. Um, but then defensively, we were brilliant, and um, I went for a two-two in the predictions. All jo- jokes aside, and. And even beyond that, we said in the last podcast, you know, how we feel about our title chance. I said, I just, I don't think we're going to win the title defending how we have done since the World Cup. But this was a complete turnaround. I mean, even better defensively than the North Thunder derby because we didn't give Leicester an inch. Now, mm-hmm. I know they missed James Madison. I know Leicester aren't having the season that they have done in, pre- in previous years. But look at Forest against Man City. We're battered for 90 minutes. We were still able to create a little something and get a goal. They created nothing. And I know we say that and and normally we're referring to a a team that had five shots with two on target. They had one, none on target. It was an effort from distance. It was the lowest XG ever recorded in Premier League history. I mean, it was an unbelievable display from Arsenal to keep Leicester completely and utterly pinned away from goal. It must have been so demoralising for the... Imagine being a fan in that ground as a Leicester fan thinking... I've never seen this before. Normally there's a shot or something to get behind or a set piece that causes some trouble. And I think from that perspective, it was incredibly impressive from Arsenal. I think Trossard up front, immediately you saw what... It's moments like this that I think fans can pat themselves on the back and go, "Uh, you know, we said that Jesus missing, you know, impacted Martinelli. Well, you saw it immediately. Trossard and Martinelli were alternating all game. And then you see it with the goal. He, he pulls out left. He, he finds that inverted inside cutting run from Martinelli. He scores. It's no coincidence whatsoever. Um, another great game from Jorginho. I thought Shaka quietly had a brilliant second half. Um, Gabriel got a lot of credit. Again, this isn't like Odegaard where I was saying that um, I wasn't really sure where he got the praise from. I thought Gabriel was very good. It just I didn't notice how good he was and everyone mentioned it. And actually in hindsight, yeah, he was brilliant as well. So, a great day all round. Well done, Arsenal. Um, a much-needed away performance. Yeah, good to see some depth um, being used well. Good to see something different as well with Trossard mm. up top and rotating with Martinelli. Jordan, can mm. we start with the positives? The Turkish, I, I only have positives this, this week, actually. I know, surprise, wow. I know. I, I, I don't really have any negatives, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um, I, think, I think James has kind of said it all there. I think we all said on the last pod we did, that we needed to tighten up defensively. Um, I did announce that from my perspective for the first time this season, I think we'll win the title. But the caveat I added onto that was that we have to get more clean sheets. We have to get more clean sheets. And I just find it really, really interesting that they got a clean sheet. And as James so articulately said, it wasn't just we got a clean sheet. 
defensively, we were almost perfect. We were pretty much perfect defensively. And I wonder if Arteta was thinking what we were thinking. Like, come on, guys. City have dropped the ball a couple of times here. It's opening up for us to win this title, but we can't get into basketball matches. Now, I hate giving Lee credit because he doesn't rarely make very good points, but he made a really, really good point on the last pod. Oh, where you're he said, my favourite. You're my favourite. That's going to say. <laughs> I love it's, just points, it's just for show. It's just for show. Behind the scenes, you make great points, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No more lying. He doesn't really make any points, does he? Yeah. He made, he made a he made a really interesting point on the last pod we did where he said that he felt the cl- the team needed that sort of chaotic, exciting four two last minute tra- type win to kind of almost get them going again. Yeah, and I I, I having thought about it after I, I kind of agree, but you don't want too many of those. You don't want it. To, you don't want too many basketball matches. I, again, I always cite teams that win titles, and ironically enough, look at Leicester. The year they won the title. I think I counted they had seven one nil wins. Teams that win titles, Chelsea back in the day, Arsenal, United, they have a series of one nil wins. Now, I don't want too many one nil wins because I actually want to enjoy watching my team play. But there's there's something there's something really, you know, um royal-esque about winning one nil and being comfortable with a one nil win. The teams that win titles do stack up those one nil wins, home and away, especially away from home. So for us to get that one nil win, James, correct me if I'm wrong, how many one nil wins have we had this season? Is that our first? No, no. Chelsea away. Chelsea oh, away, leads away. Okay, yeah. yeah. So there's been, there's been a couple, but yeah. one nil wins really are the basis for me of a title winning team. So uh, no nugget is from me. I, I think one of the biggest positives as well, as you alluded to there, Turkish, Partey being out and you didn't notice. I, I don't know you guys were there, but you didn't notice Partey wasn't wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And who would have thought that a month or two months ago? So the yeah. Jorginho signing again has proven... I was having a back and forth with Cecil because he was the one that I came for who was who was critical of the Jorginho signing. We don't need Jorginho to be amazing. We don't need to, we just need him to be consistent and do a job in the handful of games that he'll get. So for me, it, it was a brilliant, it was an it was an eight, nine out of ten performance from me. Got in, did the job, got out, put the pressure on City. All right, they won, but that's not our business. We did up, we handled our business on to the next game. Yeah, that was that was probably one of, if not the biggest thing for me, Partey missing, and we still dominated the midfield, dominated the mm. game. Um, that alongside Trossard up top and what he can do being both footed and and giving mm. us a similar option to Jesus. I mean, he's he's no Jesus, but he gives that similar option in between a Eddie and Ketia and a Jesus, where he's going to be in and around the box to to take shots off. And as you could see from his disallowed goal, um, he's quite good at that. But he's also going to pull out, you know, and be a nuisance for defenders and create space in behind for a Martinelli or for a Saka on the other side. Lee, we were at the game. Talk to me, man. You know, after that first disallowed goal, I think that's the loudest the Leicester fans were when it was disallowed. Aside from that, you know, the team nullified any threat from Leicester and any noise from the fans. Uh, Yeah, I've got to say, like, you know, I thought it was a from a defensive point of view and like from when we haven't got the ball, perfect away performance. I, I, that is what we wanted. I, I um, <clears throat> said before that this will tell us a lot about this Arsenal team and this will tell us a lot about are they ready to, to challenge for the title. And I meant by that clean sheet after the chaotic game last week. What do you go and do next? And they shored it right up. I, I think you're right, Jordan. You don't make too many good comments, but you did there like, you know, like... Uh, I think Arteta's 
had a little word with that defence and said, look, we've got to shape up here and we, you know, get the, get this defending right. And, and we've done that. Gabriel was immense. Saliba was immense. That's the best two games that they've played. And sometimes in a game, you know, um, you don't realise how good they are until you watch it back and things like that. And they, they never give uh, Leicester a kick, never give them a kick. Now, before the game, going up there, Leicester fans were pretty confident when they got uh, Turks. They were saying, oh, I think we could get something from this game because they've had a couple of good results. Yes, Madison was out. But listen, you know, <clears throat> lots of, uh, of teams have had their best players missing like, you know, uh, along the way. It's just a little bit of luck. But we we nullified everything that they, they, they took at us. And I, for the first time since Tottenham, I sat there even when we went 1-0 down and said, we are not losing this game, we looked so, so confident. There wasn't none of these hairy moments where we was caught out or anything like that. We we got a platform from our very, very good defending and took it on from there. We controlled the game from start to finish. Yes, we probably should have won by more, but, but at the end of it, clean sheet, three points. I think that's a very, very good statement. And I can tell you this now, two things I want to talk about, like, you know, what a response. What a response, you know what I mean? People turning around saying, oh, um, do you want some cum uh, custard with your crumble and oh, the wheels are falling off and things like that, like, you know what I mean? That's from Spurs fans. I hate them. Anyway, that's another story, right? Lost to Man City, backed it up with two fantastic away, away wins in complete, completely different result uh, performances one was chaotic one was not that is what good teams do you know what i mean so it's a fantastic response from from the disappointment of c because we could have crumbled after that game but we didn't you know so uh the the custard is back in the cupboard fantastic you know what i mean like that's what i like right and secondly like you know i am getting a little bit worried about some of these decisions now like you know and i know like we won the game and everything like that but I look at it. I go back to the Aston Villa game at home um, when uh, Ramsdale was fouled for the for the for the goal. It's allowed goal. That one yeah. there, not. You know, that's the consistency that I want to. You know, if you put them two back up, if you, I'd love <clears> to be able to do it. put it on the screen and go right. Tell me, referee, which ones are foul and which ones not? Which one was given? Which one wasn't? I know which one I'd be going for. You know, it was. A, you know, I, I think it was a poor, and then. If that's a foul, then the the one the penalty on Saka is you know it's criminal, guys. Really, yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's it's absolutely criminal when I see it on match of the day. I couldn't believe it. It's I a load of rubbish, it. Lee. Lee, it, it it is it's beyond shit now. And actually, I think we've I think we've got a duty to call it out as we've won and we were brilliant, rather than when people think we're crying because yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly that. Exactly. It was that. it was awful because. There's so many, there's so many things that have kind of gone against Arsenal in this kind of game. What I mean by that is, let, let me first start with being fair. It's not great from Ben White. You know, he's got a hold of his hand and he's and he's sort of locked his arm in. So there's actually two things he's done on the goalkeeper. Not great. So people might hear that and go, "Well, there you go. It's a foul. So what are you complaining about?" The whole point of VAR. I'm going to stress this a thousand times. I've said it on 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 the watch long as well. It was coming to 
correct, clear and obvious decisions. I've watched that back so many times. I don't think Ward, yes, White does have a bit of a hand on him. But by the way, Barnes has his arm out as well. There's players behind him. It's all a bit messy. I don't think Ward has struggled to punch that out because of Ben White. I think he's just flapped at it. And it's just a bit shit. And actually, he didn't really protest until the ball went into the back of the net. Granted, the ball's come out, he's probably thinking he's got a job to do. But it wasn't like you saw him complaining or he fell on the floor, he was trying to get the referee's attention about it at all. It's not until the ball goes into the back of the net that he goes, oh, actually, wait, ref, hold on. So they go and overturn, which I don't think is clear and obvious. I think they've made an error there. But maybe I can slightly understand it. But then they can actually look at Ben White crossing the ball into Saka. Suta's got two arms around and they both fall into the floor and basically go, well, the threshold's different. Defenders can get away with a lot more than attackers. That is essentially what they're saying. A foul, which leads to an innocuous free kick, or even a disallowed goal, actually. That's ultimately what it's come to. Um, and, and chalking off a goal. You know, the threshold's far less. You have to do far less for us to deny a goal than you actually have to to win a penalty. And I can, I think that's totally and utterly ruining football for me. I can't believe it was disallowed. You've even got Jamie O'Hara, Mr Tottenham, calling it out for what it is. You've got Gary Lineker on Match of the Day saying it's a joke and I'm a Leicester fan. And, you know, we're lucky. We're, we're not we're not lucky. It, huge credit to the team for not letting it ruin the game. And Mikel Arteta, the minute it happened, he did two gestures. He did that to basically say load of bollocks. And then he did that to get the team oh, going. Yeah. Fantastic. Love you, Arteta. That's a brilliant response. And, and the other thing okay. is, this is what I'm saying about VAR. It's opinions. That is not a fact. That is not a fact whether you think that's a foul or not. It's an opinion. Because then I watched the Spurs-Chelsea game yesterday. Is that not a foul on the keeper? For Harry Kane's goal? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's, there's, there's it, what, I'm not saying, I, I don't think that that was a foul, nor was, nor was the one on, on, on Saturday. But if you're giving that a foul on Ben White, then you must do the same for the Chelsea game and, and Spurs game. But they didn't. They said that's fine. So this is where VAR is the problem for me. It's an opinion. That is not fact. It's someone's opinion, like you know what I mean? And that's where it's wrong. I, I, and I do think it's right that, that we call that. But you, do you know what, James? It's human nature, isn't it? We're not so um, vicious about it now because we've won the game. You, you know, you, that's how it is. I know? actually think Arsenal fans, in credit to them, <laughs> I've seen a lot of, discussions still after the game about that. I don't yeah, think we've brushed I, I, it under I, 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 we've got away with it. I think people are still furious about it, and rightly so. And that's I, what's I, worrying. It's worrying me. It's worrying me because I'm I, I watching that game, and even though we won, I'm thinking, right, wow, you know, it doesn't happen to other teams. And you know, when I, I, you know, I'm not going to go on to the conspiracy side of things, but what my point is, I see that, and I, I think, oh, all right. Then I see something the next day, which is just as bad or even worse, and it gets get, doesn't get given. There's and I got, and I start to worry, and that's what, what that's why I brought it up today. I, I think the um the, the Ward White one is debatable. The Saka one's a pen. It's a, yeah. it's a foul. It's a foul. It's just a foul. It's not even a debate. It's a it's a foul for me. It's a penalty. And I think James is right in that it's it's, it's important that it's flagged when we win the games because we don't we don't look like sore, look sore losers. I'm not really one for kind of criticizing referees because a I just don't think there's no any point. And B I think we commonly agree as football fans the standard is low and VAR is a mess. And so I just don't really get into that. What I'm more focused on is as again James says. 
that Mikel Arteta got the team refocused and said, listen, cool, that went against us. We yeah. thought we were robbed there. We're not going to leave this for Filbert Street. We're not going to leave the KP Stadium um, uh, with, with dropping points. We're not. We're winning this game. We'll deal with the aftermath and the complaining afterwards. But for the next hour, whatever it was, we are winning this game. The focus is on winning the game. And that is what I want to see from my manager. Don't stop bleating and cry. Do all that later. Right now, we've got a job to do. We've got yeah. a title to win. And when City win the title in May, no one's going to care that Arsenal drop points at Leicester because they were complaining about a pen they didn't get. No one ain't got time to hear it then. So deal with it now. And that's what, for me, really impressed me. Mm. Yeah, you can't dwell on it in game for sure because then the time will just pass by, and then by the end of it, that that decision is is magnified even more because of drop points. And and I, I'm with James. Arteta's response was bang on. To be honest with you, I think Ben White did foul the keeper. Um, you can't. I hold think it was. Him. I think it was just a foul. Just you can't hold the keeper and then and not expect them to to pick it up. But you know, like Lee said, you compare it to decisions that's gone against us in the past or decisions in other games, and you wonder why. One's given, one's not, and so on. The second one, there's no debate. There's no debate. Both hands on, foul, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand why, especially after a win, it's still good to to touch in on the referees and, and not make it about drop points. Also, also, I've got to say this as well. The offside for Martinelli. I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, well, that's onside. Um, and... Um, you know, no lines drawn on it and, and all of that light again, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I see um, uh, the, the, the game against Man United yesterday and I think, well, that's more offside than... than well, it looked more offside than um, Martinelli's one, if I'll be honest. And, and oh, no, that's given. You know, I... I, I Lee, I, I think you raise a great point. I, I um, you, You've read my mind. I was actually going to bring that up as well on the topic of referees. I... I'm not sitting here going, hold on, that was offside and ours was on. What's going on? Just show us the lines. Just just show it to us because Rashford had a goal against Leicester, funnily enough, the week before. And and he, he looked miles off. You know, just the naked eye, just you thought, yeah, he's offside here. Yeah. And then, and then, and then it just comes up green on. It's like, okay, I, I'm actually not, I don't think there's anything dodgy going. I don't think they've got a let's make this look on side line button or whatever. Just show it to us. Just show us where the line of the last defender is. Show us where the line of the attacker is. Do the same with the Martinelli one. I think Martinelli was on, uh, was offside. Um, but like a, but like someone very perfectly put on Twitter, Rashford looked clearly offside. But when you actually straighten up and you do it, actually they're on. So just show it to us. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Martinelli was slightly offside. But I agree in the, in the final. I thought there was an offside. Well, it, a few games now that I've seen um, for Man United, where there's a couple offside decisions where it could have gone, it could have gone the other way. So, referees done. I think a couple of the players deserve um, a little segment as well. How did how did the Trossard experiment go? Because it's something like James said, a few a few of us fans have been calling for, um, and I, listen, I'm one of them. With Eddie Nketiah, listen, without the goals, there isn't much else that he offers, in my opinion. So I wanted to see something different. And I thought Trossard has the attributes to 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 be a good player up top. Um, obviously not an out-and-out striker, more a false nine. And like James said, the goal came from that exact type of, you know, um, play that Jesus used to do. Jordan, let me go straight back to you on Trossard and, uh, and get your analysis on how, how you think it went for him in his first start up top. 
I, I think it went well. I think it was really good of Arteta to mix it up. I think it was, it's been clear that Nketiah, I wouldn't say struggling, but he's been a little bit, you know, he hasn't scored for a while now. And I think there's only so long you can persist with your second choice striker who's not scoring before you think to yourself, OK, well, I've got options. The whole point of buying Trossard was to give me options. So as an option, I'm not dropping you because you're crap. I'm just rotating. Trying something a little bit different, giving Leicester and Brendan Rodgers something different to think about. He, the, I think the fact that he's two-footed does um, come into this as well. I think that is relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a guy that's hungry, the guy that's played a couple of good games when he has come off the bench and performed for us. So I, I, I thought it, it was it was um, it was a really good um, selection to, to to start with him. The goal that he scored that was disallowed was a great strike. Mm-hmm. That is a great strike. Yeah. Get it up and and down and in the court. That's a brilliant strike. Um, and I just think more importantly, like I said, I think it gave Leicester something different to think about. I like Nketiah. I think he's a decent backup striker. But as you've alluded to, if he's not scoring goals, I think his hold-up play and his runs in the channels are good, but they're not they're not devastating. Um, so why not try something different? So I think overall, I, th- I think it was a it was a it was a, a change in lineup that I think um, was positive and worked. Yeah, I think the game against Leicester reflected well on the January window when you look at Jorginho mm. and yeah, look, look, <clears throat> I don't know if it worked or not because I felt that um, we was um, we didn't create a lot of chances in the game and all that. Like, but I do think that that maybe was down to putting a defensive performance. Sometimes you uh, you put in a structure and a defensive performance, and it just takes away a little bit of your uh, attacking play. And I think that that's what we done. We, there was more, I think, more emphasis on our defending and getting control of the game rather than looking. Uh, our attacking options and then just probably like on, on that front three just thinking right we, we set out um, a game plan here uh, we set up and uh, to be hard to beat and, and one of them would do a little bit of magic and that's what happened like you know be very interesting and I, I, I think on Wednesday now to see what if we if he goes with that because I think it'd be a different setup and I think that then I'll, then I'll judge it and I think it probably will be are better suited when we when you're playing against blocks because mm-hmm. you are right what you're saying there about Trossard. He gives us just a little bit more. Would Eddie? And listen, I'm not criticising. I felt he's probably a little bit jaded. Would Eddie score a goal like Trossard did in that that occasion? I think somewhere along the line, when you're playing deep deep banks of four and, and eight in front of you, you need that little bit of magic, a little bit of something different, which we've been crying out for, really, with, with, when we haven't had Jesus there. So I think that maybe it'd be very interesting to see what he does going forward um, on, on Wednesday. But I, I, I felt that because we was... I, I think Mikel looked at that game and thought, right, I'm gonna, I want a good, solid defensive performance. I want us to get back control of a game of football because I think that's the, back, the most we've controlled a game since Spurs, you know, in that first half, we really controlled that game, you know. And um, uh, but I, 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 I'm with you on this. Whether you think it worked or whether it didn't, whether it didn't, I like the way we just changed it up a little bit. It, it, do you know what I'm going to say? That we was at the game, so it's when people when that was coming through, people were quite positive about it, weren't they? Yeah. Like, oh, like you know, you know, nothing against Eddie. I'm not slagging. I, I don't really want to criticize. But oh, always oh, change it up. I like that. Like you know, even though we won last week, there was a little tinker of the team and uh, to freshen things up. So yeah, people were 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 for it. I think we've all wanted to have a little look at it anyway, haven't we? If if we'd be honest, you know. Yeah. So um, uh, but I don't I don't want it to be sort of like. 
people going, oh, uh, it's because Eddie's not done this and done that. Eddie's still very, very important to the team, you know, as a goal scorer. But I think in these sort of games, when they're playing deep people in there, Eddie's more of a having to rely on people to score. These guys can make it happen themselves. And and obviously what was good about him, <clears> I felt once Martinelli scored, he he came into his own. Yeah, it was a really fascinating decision from Arteta because... He rarely does the slightly out there thing that the fans yeah. want him to do. You know, the, I mean, it, it's like, oh, cool for Zinchenko in midfield. But, you know, we were talking about Lee after City. Yeah. You know, we were looking at the 11s. We were going, get one of Trossard or Martinelli in that striking position and go with that uh, front three. I never really thought he'd do it, uh, especially because he speak, he's spoken really highly of Eddie, but he went for it. Um, and, and, and it did work. It, you know, I, I do, while Martinelli was still a little wasteful, he was definitely more involved. He definitely yeah. looked more dangerous, at least, in terms of the areas he was getting in. It felt like there was more potency down the left-hand side. Um, I, I think his combination play and his tight control is, is superb. Uh, and yeah, it, it worked. It just worked. Um, it felt like that first half, even though we didn't create a whole host of chances, like, we didn't force Ward into any saves in that first mm-hmm. half, obviously, at the disallowed goal. Second half, a few more. But I thought the fluidity was back. I thought that kind of yeah. constant yeah. interchanging, the one-two, Xhaka was popping out wide, Zinchenko was overlapping. At times, both Martelli and Trossard had come inside. Um, and, and that was nice. I mean, Arsenal just looked a very sharp team, didn't they? Um, and, yeah, I, I give a big thumbs up. I want to see more of Trossard down the middle, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think Xhaka could do with it as well. I'm looking at the Everton game and I'm saying to myself, I'd probably start the, the, the same lineup and add Thomas Partey into it if he's ready for that game. But I want to see the Xhaka of pre-World Cup where he was getting into the box, late runs, back post runs, and especially against a low block, you're going to need a bit of an overload and heading into the box and attacking runs. I'm, I'm with Lee as well. It didn't create the chances that, I thought it would create on paper having Trossard up top, but at the same time, the team has got used to Eddie and and the way he plays. So maybe there's a little, a little adjustment to be made there to go back to the way we were playing pre-World Cup. Uh, James, you said it. We was a lot more fluid. I agree with that 100%. I just think in the final third, we just lacked that, either the final pass or, or, or the shot on goal. Sometimes we were dilly-dallying on the ball a bit too much. Both Martinelli and Saka were guilty of that a lot in the first half. Um, and overall, I think out of the front three, Trossard was probably... Actually, Trossard was my man of the match come the end yeah. of the Yeah, with Jorginho and a lot of people shouted out Gabriel. I hope people... Oops. Sorry, James. I heard people were two of my friends that were there. They were saying that they thought it was Gabriel's best game in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, and I yeah, thought it was good. Was he was he that good? Was it, was... Yeah, Jordan. I, I think I think it was because he won everything. You know, like you don't you don't um, you don't go to an away ground in the Premier League and and stop a team not having a shot, whether they got their more creative midfield player out or not. You have to defend properly and well, and that's. It was an assured performance for him. Sometimes I felt he's been a little bit, um, he's played really well and there's been a little mistake or, or it was a bit erratic. He was very, very physical, very, very physical, but in control of it and all. And, and won every duel that he had. I, I just felt that there were times when, you know, they, they put it on us a little bit. He, he, he won it, mopped it up, kept it going, kept it going. I've been a little bit critical of him as well with his distribution out, out to the flank. As soon as he got it, he, he got it down. 
There was a purpose to his play. There was real purpose to his defending, real purpose to everything that he played. I thought he was superb. I really do. I think that, you know, I do think he's, he's probably had performances like that, but they've gone under the radar a little bit because of Saliba. But I felt that, you know, he shined like a, a nice big beacon out there. like, And I loved it. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I'm a big Gabriel fan. I do like, I do, I think you have to have that one that's aggressive. And then you have to have the next one that's a little bit cultured. Uh, and probably Saliba gets that little bit more culture, but you know he he was brilliant. I, I felt that um, he 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 was really up for it for it. And I I I do think that maybe, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping so that, that Arteta's probably got into him and said, you know, come on, you know, show you know show show us what, what a good player you are at your back four, like you know. And, and there, there seemed to be a purpose in our defending, and I. I I may maybe because I don't know about you two, but I, I went to this game and I, I, I was really concentrating on our defence. I wanted to watch out what what, what yeah. was our response like after conceding like five goals in the last two games, boys. You know what I mean? Like, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? It was on them. It was on them. And I and I, I really enjoyed the response of them, of them all. And I wonder if he told the back four as well. Look, you can't rely on the on the front lot to keep bailing you out. You got to do your job now. Yeah. The last yeah. last month or so, you you know the, the the apart from the Everton game, you know the 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 the, the boys up top have been have been bailing us out, or at least been the ones keeping us in games. You guys got to do your job now. You know, I need a clean sheet from you guys, Gabriel. I need you, Saliba. I think Zinchenko has been been patchy poor in the last two or three games. I need you guys to deliver. And help out the front guys now by giving them a foundation, and and I think we got that. So so yeah, I, I, what I saw from Gabriel, he looked really good. But I wanted just to know because you guys were there and you saw it for ninety minutes. Yeah, I, I, how, I how good he actually was. And yeah. and George, uh, sorry to cut you, Tesh, and, and Jorginho plays part in that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's well. exactly. Oh, that. I'll let you go. I'll, I'll let you go on that point, Turkish, because yeah, he, he 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 was brilliant. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, I was going to lead with you know, with Zinchenko in the middle, overloading the midfield and, and Leicester's main threat in recent weeks, be it, well, without Madison, Tete, um, that right-hand, Leicester's right-hand side, our left-hand side was a worry going into the game, but Gabriel dealt with everything well, um, defensively on the front foot, aggressive, but composed at the same time. Yeah. In yeah. the attacking sense, he was always open, he was always an option, he was always stretching stretching Leicester and, and and giving some, you know, whether it's Jorginho, Xhaka or Saliba, an option, you know, to pass to and, and distribute from. But Jorginho, in front of the defence, he actually done a very good job as well. I mean, we all, we all talk about Jorginho's passing and, and his progressive passing in midfield. And yes, he deserves credit for that. But something I've been happily surprised by is his defensive nous, I guess what I'd call it, he, he, he gets a lot of interceptions. He, he, he breaks up a lot of um, attacking moves from the opposition and and he did that against Leicester. With defensively, I don't think we was under much pressure and I think a lot of that falls on like Jorginho and our midfield as well because it, Leicester's attack kind of got stopped more often than not going into the final third than than being in the in the box and causing us problems and and James, you you know over to you on Jorginho because you know you watched mm. the studio and and you've mentioned his name. He, he, uh, something um, something clicked that Matisse said on deadline day when we signed him. Um, he said Jorginho actually is good defensively if the spaces between defence and attack aren't that big. It's transitions when the pitch really opens up that he'll get overrun. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, what that tells you is that, yeah, okay, so his dynamism's an issue, but his reading of the game really isn't. So he's able, and we actually saw that quite often against Man City, we saw it at times in the Villa game, um, his ability to just quickly just, he might not be the fastest, but if you can read a game when you're quick off your feet, he's able just to nick a ball, intercept, win a couple of headers, nowhere to be to make a tackle, shuttle players in the right direction. And he does all that really, really well. Look, I know we kind of, I know Jorginho's had his criticism for what he does defensively, but I think that might be when you're comparing him to the Rodri, Casemiro parties of this world. But you don't play at the base of midfield for Chelsea and Italy, did it for Napoli before, wanted Barteta and Pep, if, you know, if you're completely useless defensively. He obviously was never useless, um, but people had sort of concerns about that. And he's made a really good start to life at Arsenal. He's not... That department. He, no, he's not... He's not a DM. That's the thing. He's not. He's not a DM. He's a regista, and that's the kind of hipster hipster term. No, you're right. Yeah, football. Yeah. He's not. People see him as a. He's not a DM. He's a, he's he's a, he's someone that recycles the ball. He 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 rotates the ball, and he spots a pass from deep. That's what that's what he does. It's not. It's not for everyone. But what he does, I think, is brilliant. There will be games where Arsenal will play where the game passes him by. There will be those games where, when it, as James said, when it when it turns into a bit of a chaotic physical match, that's not he he will get lost. He'll get he'll he'll get lost in those matches. But the games where you need control, and again, go back to the, the objective now has been the title. You have to control games. He is the perfect person for that. He's the mm -hmm. he's the he's the guy. As long as you put legs around him, and as again, James has flagged, don't have too much space in terms of the gaps are too big. He's perfect for that. So we need to kind yeah. of he's not he's not a DM. He won't do, he won't win yeah. the ball and win challenges and be a be a, be a physical presence. What he'll be is the guy that finds space to be able to pull away and see it see the picture and see the pitch and keep well, it simple and controlled. Well he won't he won't dominate physically, it is more the way I'd say it. You know, he, he won't you won't come out of that game going, God, you know, they couldn't handle Jorginho there, he was up and down, he was everywhere. But but you know, his defensive numbers coming out of that game were superb in terms of interceptions, aerial duels, recoveries, all that. I mean, he was right up there with the best, if not the best, for a lot of those numbers. And again, in tight, compact spaces, a really good press and a really good shape, he mops up and reads the game really well. And actually, that leads me on to someone else I gave credit to in full time. And a lot of people were like, really? But Granit Xhaka. Yeah, now, well. I thought the first half... Best game in the world. Yes, yeah, it was the yeah. best game in a while. I, I now, first half, I hear it. Maybe, maybe some of the, the the final actions from your left side and attacking eight weren't the best. But I saw a player who was constantly available, kept things moving, constantly interchanging with players on the left hand side. But what I loved was that second half, and Jorginho gets credit for this as well. Some of the shithousery just to get over the line. You know, Vardy comes clattering into Jorginho off the pitch. Just, you know, oh, my head, my chest, what is it? Something hurts. Doctor, come over. Uh, Xhaka going up for headers, winning fouls, right place. Right. Jumping for a header and then getting fouled doesn't look pretty. You know, there's, not, there's probably no stat that suggests you did really well in that department. But he won a foul. He bought some time. He rubs his head a bit. Arsenal get into a shape. He calms it down. Constantly available. Knocks it off. Player clatters into him. Down on the floor again. Calming it down. And it's not just the winning fouls. It's always being in the right position to ensure that Leicester don't get a control on that game. I thought 
him and Jorginho, but Xhaka, they really did that side of the game well. And they're a big part of why Leicester couldn't really do anything in the last 10 minutes, even though they'd been poor, just to go, well, it's 1-0, we have a chance. Let's just throw something at it. Well, because Jorginho and Xhaka just weren't allowing it. He played a couple of really nice passes as well. That outside of the boot once Partey late in the game was excellent. And um, I, I just thought it was a great away central midfielders performance. As yeah, well. I think I think you're right with Shaka. I think a few people were probably criticising because I think in the last couple of games and even in the first half, he got into positions in the attack, in, in attacking third and it broke down on him. So people will be like a little bit criticism of, of that. But all round, generally, when we when we need them to defend, they've done really, really well. Two things on Jorginho um, for me. Uh, which is a big compliment for him, is that I think if he doesn't play in these last two games, we don't win them. I think that's that's a, a massive compliment for him, like, you know. And when the team, when someone said to me, you know, do you bring back party and all that, you know, I, I actually said, if he's 100% fit, I w- a week ago, two weeks ago, even if he's 60%, 70% fit, yeah. play party, play party. Now, I'm going, no, like, you know, he's got to be 100% fit. And, and what he's done is he's caused... Um, a headache for the manager in the right way, and that's what that's what he's got to do. Mm. And 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 the, when you play against players like Jorginho, like you think, right, uh, all right, I can physically, I can have these, I can physically have him, right, like you know. But the thing is, you don't get near him. Every time he pops the ball off, if you come, you know, just when you think he's gonna um, pop the ball off quickly. He'll have a turn away from you. Then, then another time you think, right, he's going to turn away from you. He pops it off, and what he does is the defenders don't know whether to go to him or not. I thought he's, you know, um, as you said, Jordan, the way he keeps rotating the ball is a joy to watch. As it happens, when you actually watch it, you know, mm-hmm. taking it in tight spaces, he pops it off, um, and then he turns away with it, like, and, and plays it out. Very, very good footballer. Very, very intelligent footballer. Um, you know, I, I, I get it that he's not going to be a fan's favourite, like, you know, even though the fans are singing his name and all that. I get that because he's not got, um, I don't know, the physique. He played for Chelsea. Player. He played for Chelsea. He's 31 and he was looked at as a bit of a, he got mocked a lot. He wasn't really appreciated for what he did. Yeah, but, I, I know, but if you sit down there in the cold, cold light of day, he has done fantastic. Do you know what? 12 million. He's he's, a, he's he's paid for it now because I tell you what, like you know, you take these six points off, you know, um, we could be like thinking, oh, we're going to get top four, get top four now. All of a sudden now, we're we're pushing into top, to, you know, like really securing a top four place of Champions League space. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I I think in regards to January, it, it has looked good so far. Um, I, I'll wait till the end of the season to yeah. judge properly because. I want to see where we where we go to. We're in, we're in a great position to to win the Premier. People were asking me, and and I'm at the stage where I say we should win the Premier League title this season. Now, can we? Yes, will we? I don't know, but we should. Uh, you're looking at Manchester City; they're not the same side that that we used to see. And Liverpool are definitely not the same side we used to see. And Man United, they've been on form, but they've got you know a heavier workload than us moving forward. Albeit just the FA Cup now after the Carabao Cup final has been played out. But on Jorginho, you asked the question, Lee, do you continue it? Before I go into that question, there was also a pass in the first half to Saka where his body opened up like it was going to go outside of the pass, going to go outside of the defender. Then he goes inside, Saka picks it up. And I'm not too sure what happened from there. I think Saka might have got got, got tackled in the box or maybe fouled in the box. I don't actually remember. Um, 
But I'm happy I'm happy to be surprised by Jorginho so far and, and mm. Trossard's you know added what I expected him to add. But the two big decisions from Arteta against Leicester, you know, was to keep Thomas Party on the bench, start Jorginho and Trossard up top. Headed into Everton, do we do the same? Obviously, the Everton away fixture a few weeks ago. Midfield is where they won the game. They pressed very well, they overloaded and and they won the midfield battle, and we didn't really have much in return to that. Thomas Partey was on the bench. Jorginho, we've talked about his mobility and, and you know, that being probably one of his down points. What do we do against Everton? Um, Jordan, what would you do in, in those two positions? Because I think those are the only two positions that not we have some doubt about, but, you know, we have options now. Do, do we stick with Jorginho if Partey's not 100%? And do we stick with Trossard? Uh, Trossard, yes, because I think that the physicality, that this might sound weird, but the physicality that Everton will bring, I think you want someone that's a little bit more nimble, mobile, and can pose a different kind of question than to what Eddie and Ketia would. You might think, well, physical back four, you want to put your physical forward alongside that. I'd go the other way. I'd put a forward that's maybe not as physical as, as an Enketia, but someone that's a bit mobile and can cause and ask different types of problems. Enketia um, yeah. is, 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 is a presence, but we're not talking Olivier Giroud here. We're not talking someone that's of that stature physically as well. So I would go the other way and I would I would continue with Trossard. I think he'll want to score another goal. Um, I think he'll be hungry to get another goal. So I would start with him. Yeah. If, pa if Partey is 100% fit, he starts. He starts. Jorginho is not supposed to be our starter. He's not. Yeah. He's supposed to come in when Partey or he, who I named by mistake, can't play. So I, I, I think if Partey's fit, he, he, he plays. If he's not a hundred percent fit, leave it as it is. And and I know that Everton's midfield of the Corey Gay and who's the third one. Anana. 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 That's a very, again, a very physical. Physical, um, physical that, Yeah, they are. But, but I, I, I would, I would back the brains, if you like, of, of, of Jorginho, um, over the physicality of a seventy percent parte. I would go with that. So, yeah. I, I would basically what I'm saying is I'd go with the same team if, if Partey isn't hundred percent fit. And there's only it's only worthwhile playing Partey for me now when he's hundred percent fit, especially as considering there's uh, there's still quite a few games to go. So let's not uh, let's not you know kill ourselves too too soon. But my final point would be that this is this is a big game for us. This is a massive game. It's our game in hand, as we all know. Yeah. If we can get three points here. <clears throat> We've kind of built back our buffer a, a little bit then as well. And we give ourselves a little bit of leeway as we then go into the final stretch of the season. So for me, it's a must win. It's at home. It's our game in hand. It's our chance to really put some pressure on City. So it's a massive game. It's a must win. But I, I would go with the same team, providing Partey's not 100% fit. Yeah, a five-point gap on the 1st of March is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. What would, that be, tw would that be 24 games played or 25? What, what, we're, on, we're on 23 no we're on 24 now ain't we yes yeah, I, I think, think so, yeah. 25 games everyone that's yeah you know slowly but surely that, we've got we've got the fixtures coming up to to even build on that lead even more after Everton it's Bournemouth I'm I'm looking at six points this week well and and I hear that I hear that I'll do the whole cliche one game at a time but 
you know, I, I think I think it's a big opportunity, a really big opportunity. Obviously, we can go five points ahead, which would equal where we were at the World Cup. So that would mean, you know, with two whole months, two and a bit whole months of Premier League football played, some really big games in there, we'll have come out with our lead maintained. That is really, that's potentially really exciting. Uh, if we don't win, it's not the end of the world. Calm down, Arsenal fans. We'll all go into meltdown opportunity miss. Cool, it'll be another bump in the road. We bounce back. We've shown we can bounce back. But it's a really big opportunity. On the question of the 11s, I go with Partey, um, purely because of set pieces as well. Um, he's good defending them. He scored a couple from set pieces as well. I just think that physicality will matter, I think. just But with the front three, I agree. Go with Trossard. You know, make the... Who are their centre-backs? Um, Cody, Cody and Tarkovsky. Yeah, let, let them come to feed. Let's see what they can do in terms of trying to read the game and try try to play around. Take them out of their comfort zone. What's that? Take them out of their comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. So I'd sit with Trossard also because, quite frankly, I think the front three deserve to keep their place. I think if you're looking at the four options and you're evaluating how they've all done um, over the last three games, I'm not sure Eddie's place is justified. I know Martinelli's hasn't been perfect, but he's got two in his last two. So, yeah, that's the front three I'd go for. Uh, and then just one last thing I want to mention. Uh, it was sparked by Lee saying, we don't win those last two games if Georgina's not in the team. And by the way, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, but credit to Sambi Lakonga. I watched the Palace game against Liverpool. Um, and he did well. He did He did really well. I know Liverpool aren't at their best, um, but it's good to see him yeah. uh, aping in a couple of performances like that, looking very comfortable in that midfield. Uh, but B, I was seeing, seeing Palace fans actually tweet, um, oh, two solid results and two performances with Lukonga in the team. It's no coincidence. And I thought, okay, that's nice. Like, that's what I want the loan spell to be doing. It's doing that for Tavares. It's more than doing that for Balogun. It's doing it for Lukonga. Uh, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, I thought I was just first start, but it must have been a second. Um, Lee, Trossard Partey, Jorginho, Eddie, who are you going with? I'm, I'm with the boys. On like, it's exactly what Jordan said. Like if 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 he's 100 fit, he plays. If he's 98 fit, 95 fit, then then go with Jorginho. Okay, cool. Listen, we're going to move on to predictions as well. Yeah, so Jordan's got to go now, and he's so can. Should we say goodbye? No, no, no. I've, I've got another. I've got another minute. I've got another minute. Oh, I've got, funny, I've, 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 I've got two more minutes. I've got two more minutes. Got to go. Oh, 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 oh. All right, let's bring up the predictions. Well, I don't. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Here we have it. Take that one point. I'm not even Lee. I'm not even looking at you no more. Turkish is, is in my sights. One point. Gone. You've done well. You've done well in the last month. Oh, wait, just, I can't imagine. even read that. Like, I'll, I'll tell you, and I'll also tell our audio listeners. James is bottom, obviously on twenty. Whatever he's done. Lee in third on twenty-eight points. Jordan Jarrett Bryan second. Now second on 29 points and Turkish top on 30. Yeah, yeah. It's looking good. It's looking good. It's looking good. I just want to send you a message, Jordan, from everyone involved in the production of this podcast. You are like you are like when Tottenham 
are in the title race. <laughs> no one wants you to win it. No one. Absolutely yeah. no. We know that there's nobody likes us and we don't care. Nobody <laughs> puts, together, puts together some fluky, shitty late run at the end of the season. So they're up there. And it's everyone's time. going. And it's then time, what James. will happen in, in two years' time, you'll do the Tottenham thing of Oh, when we challenged, when we put the pressure on, and no one will care. So, I'm yeah, one point just, behind the leader. I just, yeah, I'm see, just... celebrating second place, it's embarrassing. Just join the relegation fodder like us down here, okay, and just get rid of it. I like it up here now. I prefer it up here. I like it up here. It's more fun up here. I am that, so far that, away. I'm so it's, it's far emba- away. It's embarrassing. I've capitulated. I think I think when we came back from the World Cup, I, I wasn't far off it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Everton. Emirates. I'm coming for you, Turkish. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk. To all, you. all hopes with you, Turkish. Sorry, I know he's got to go. Do you know what? He can miss his meeting. I don't care. Chat away, Turkish. Let's the podcast. Let's hit an hour and a half. Everyone's rude against me. Siege mentality. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> oh, he's got the Robbie line. Oh, he's fucked it. He the oh yeah, it's all over. See you in a couple of weeks. George. Oh mate, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Right, cool. Um, well, for the audio listeners, Jordan's run through already. Thirty-two predictions made. We're on to our thirty-third. <coughs> Everton, Emirates, and I kick it off. Still being top of the table. I'm gonna go with another for clean now, sheet. For now. For now. <clears throat> I'm going to go with another clean sheet and say, I want to say 3-0 Arsenal, but I'm going to go with 3-0 Arsenal. This is Sean Dyche. The man hates us. What are you talking about? I'm going to go with Revenge has to be on the cards. Revenge has to be on the cards. Everton haven't performed as good as they did against us in that game since. So... For me, I'm going to go 3 0 Arsenal. Jordan, now in second place. I'm second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lee, you can wait. Lee, just wait, Lee. Yeah, wait, you wait. Wait your turn. Wait your turn, mate. Um, I'm going 1 0 Arsenal again. Yeah, 1 0. 0 again. Mm-hmm. Lee. Do you know what? I've actually put down here 3 0 because I, I knew. I thought Jordan will go 1 0. Turkey will go 2 0 and I'll have to go 3 0. But I'm going 2 0. Thank you very much, mate. I'm going to go in between you two, like, you know, like, a, like a little fluffy cushion. Thank you very much. <laughs> James, there you have it 3 0, 2 0, 1 0. What are you going for? Well, which, one did Jordan go, which one did Jordan go for? I've got to start copying his results. 1 0. You do, you do. Uh, no, I'll mix it up because uh, I need the points. 2-1 Everton. No, 2-1 Arsenal. God, I like that. Good point. Good point. 2-1 Arsenal. Everton yeah, seems to be the only one in with a shout, but we should get the three points. We should get the W. We should all see some points at the end of the week on this prediction table. Um, but it's a long way for you to, to claw it back, James. I can't lie. You might as well just go back to the ritual process. And Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm prepping for the championship. I'm prepping for the Invincible Podcast League <laughs> table. <laughs> you didn't hear that one. <laughs> Good. Relegation. Like get a wooden spoon, sort of like, and then all sign it or something, shouldn't we? Like, give it to James. Well, as a, I'm up for that. Congratulations yeah. on finishing last. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well done, mate. What is this something they did in the seventies or something? Lee? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, that's just something I was just thought of, and we could just you swap and it your around. you and your. I was about to say we could all swap it around, but it'd be yours permanently, like you know what I mean? you're in useless at this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll send you the forty quid now. So you know what? Actually, I'll send it to the Forever Arsenal podcast savings account, so that you don't have to bother me later. <laughs> don't worry, Lee ain't winning this season. I Oh, oh, that's fighting silk, that is. I'll well, I'm, like I'm, I'm, I'm in Turkish. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be me. If it's 2-0, I'll be level. I'll be level. I'll be I'm telling you now, if we're 2-0 up and Calvert-Lewin nods one in the 93rd minute, the top's coming off. <laughs> Back in the race, boys. Uh, that's the prediction table. Predictions are in. I've gone 3-0. Jordan's gone 1-0. Lee's gone 2-0. And James has gone 2-1. We're all going for Arsenal wins. Let us know your predictions in the comment section below, people. Give us your comments as comment of the day is back this week. We should be back Thursday as we have another game this weekend. Hopefully, it's all smiles again. Thank you to James. Thank you to Lee. Thank you to Jordan. As always, people, this has been the Forever Arsenal podcast. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out. And love for the love, people. We're out. Sports Social Podcast Network.